Well, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I really do appreciate the scripture in 2 Thessalonians that talks about those who love the truth. And you're here this morning. There's a million other places you could be. Maybe some of them more enjoyable. Maybe some of them a little bit more relaxing. I know some of you are very tired. You could even be taking a nice mid-morning nap. And yet you're here this morning and I appreciate it. And so you're here because, of course, Christ. And that's why we're here. And you know the, the church is the embodiment of Christ. And so these words of encouragement are super powerful in encouraging the body of Christ to continue to excel and grow still more and more. And so we have several here this morning that are really awesome. First one goes to Brian. Brian, I, I praise God for you and the man he has made you and is making you. Whenever I think of you and I smile because you are such a strong personality type. Whoever wrote this, that's an understatement. And you use it to serve him and others. I appreciate you, my dear brother. <laughs> that's great. Give it up for Brian. All right, thanks, Brian. All right, Lawrence and Angie, I so appreciate you for your love of the truth. You are such a sweet aroma of Christ to me and to so many others. He's going to name Anna. Woohoo! Round of applause. That's awesome. You guys are awesome. Jeff Sharon, I know you're not here this morning. Uh, I know that you're doing great things for your family. And so uh, this is written. It says, it was great to catch you in the act of serving. Thanks for all you do for the church and others. And I might add, they probably caught you on a ladder, and I'm glad you didn't fall. So I'm going to hang on to this one and give it to him next week. Uh, Carrie D., thank you for the way you serve the body of Pleasant Hill. You are amazing, all capitals, with a big heart. There you go. All right. Sharon, sweet, sweet Sharon. I added that part. They didn't say sweet. But I know the person who wrote this, so I'm sure she would have said sweet too. But anyway, here we go. You are such an encouragement to me. You have a servant's heart and a beautiful smile. Thanks for making me feel welcome at Pleasant Hill. Woohoo! There you go. Let's give it up for sweet Sharon back in the back. Mrs. Parks, you are an amazing person. Amen to that one. You do so many great things for so many people. You have a beautiful smile and a very, very kind heart. Amen. That is true. <laughs> Steiner family, I am thankful that you are in the fellowship here with us. It is a blessing to see you here consistently. Amen. Amen. Man, I missed you last week, Rick. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back. Angie, you are such a sweet encourager. Thank you for shining brightly. Amen. All right. Whenever I sing something about walking in the light or shining the light or whatever, I always think of you. So there you go. So announcements, announcements, announcements. I won't sing the rest of it because it's kind of weird. Okay. So uh, evening assembly is at the Parks home tonight. So please come one, come all to the Parks place. Uh, starts at 6 o'clock. Uh, Monday night, uh, college age group. We will be reading chapter 10 of uh, Atomic Habits. And uh, this next chapter is awesome. How do you get rid of bad habits? Man, I've been waiting for this chapter for a long time. So uh, please read that chapter before you show up. It would be great. Uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock at the Parks Home. And so uh, evening assembly Wednesday is at the Parks Place. 
And uh, is is there a lady study Thursday night? Lady study Thursday night. G4 Summit Thursday night. Preaching, singing starts at 7. Preaching starts shortly thereafter. And uh, please pray that the, the fires that are kind of in that area, they were small, uh, lightning strikes, and so pray that they get put out. I might be driving up there on Tuesday just to check it out. So anyway, so pray about that. Pray it'll be a great time. And uh, let's see. Um, well, I already got that one. All right. Any birthdays coming up? No birthdays is coming up. This week, is her birthdays coming up? Did I miss someone? No birthdays? Okay. All right. Let's see. Are there any other announcements then this morning? Yes. Oh. Oh. Wow, I can't believe it. It's under a big stack of papers. So... Don't forget, it's this Friday, right? This Friday, uh, we'll start at 4 p.m. Uh, and wrap up around 7.30. It's going to be a ladies' game night over at the Kirkpatrick's, right? All right, so that'll be a great time. So it's an ex exclusive ladies, ex you know, no guys, okay? So, Scott, you must leave and go somewhere, like G4 Summit. Somewhere. Yeah. So if you wanted the uh, uh, be-all, do-all, know-all list for camping car camping this is the list and so uh we're selling it to anyone who's not going to g4 summit it's free for those you going to g4 summit so anyway i mean we're talking it's got everything you never want including the uh, kitchen sink in regards to plastic dishwashing things so there you go for g4 summit also too we got a calendar the uh, august calendar so there you go if you want to know what's going on in august this is the calendar I think I got them all now. Thank you for that little reminder. It's good. I had a pile of things to talk about. Oh, wait a minute. My lovely, smiling Sharon. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and they're awesome. The, the, the uh, climate change that we've heard about has come to our blackberry patch and talk about how good it is. The climate change is good for blackberries. You want plump, sweet, awesome blackberries? We got them. And there's no road by, no road nearby. And no dogs walking on a trail to do what they do on blackberries. It's, they're all clean. They're dust-free. They're awesome, pesticide-free. And the company that you might keep, uh, me and my wife, would be kind of nice too, I think. So, anyway, there you go. <laughs> Let us know because of our attack dogs. They're not such good company. And they eat blackberries out of your blackberry pail. Just so you know. They like it when people pick blackberries for them. So just been forewarned now, okay? All right, so let's grab our Bibles and turn to the gospel. I always think it's kind of funny that he was one of the sons of thunder when he was a young man. He, if, he, if he didn't like people, he just wanted God to burn them up. Wow, beautiful statement. He remembers Jesus saying, and what a man to fulfill it. Uh, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. What a great, great, amazing, definitive verse for love. Let's pray. Father, we are desirous of growing our love to fervency. It says that we are to love one another fervently from the heart. For we've been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, 
by the living and abiding word of God. Father, thank you that you dwell in us. Thank you that you have manifested your love through your son, Jesus Christ. As the Apostle Paul said in the book of Ephesians 5, he says that we are to walk in love just as Christ also loved us, that our lives might be a sweet aroma to those around us as they experience the love of Christ coming from us. And Father, we know that you have desired that the brethren would show preference to one another in love. Father, there are so many amazing passages that we have in our minds and in our hearts about love. And yet, Father, we know that when things get challenging and difficult, we have a tendency to turn inward. Father, that's a human thing. But Father, we need to remember that we're your new creation. And Father, we need to remember the great lessons we've heard already this morning by some really amazing men, great teachers you've raised up that we need to, in these difficult times, love more, love better, love just like your son Jesus. Father, it's amazing to see Jesus in the most desperate hour of his life when he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Lord, I just thank you for that picture. What a powerful picture of love, even of our enemies. And Father, I know that we can do that because Stephen did. So Father, help us to recognize the people that you've called us to be, the power that you've given us through your Holy Spirit, and the great call to love one another, even as you have loved us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, in the, in the book of First and Second Thessalonians, we learn of a Christian people that began their Christian life under a lot of, of affliction, a lot of tribulation, a lot of trials. And those obviously would be times when most people would want to kind of go within themselves, protect themselves. That's a natural human characteristic. It really is. And so we need to recognize and understand that, that the Thessalonians are really a beautiful illustration, a beautiful picture of a Christian people that really excels still more and more when the pressure is on. It seems like from what we study in the scriptures, the more the pressure was on them, the more they loved, the more they walked in faith the more they knew that their hope was found only in Jesus Christ. And their lives and, and their testimony went out from that congregation in Thessalonica. And, I mean, we're talking, it really moved outside of that city. And they were touching lives all over the place. And we're going to learn about that this morning. And so I want you to go back to 2 Thessalonians to start this morning. 2 Thessalonians and take a look at uh, chapter 1, and notice what the Apostle Paul says after, after he has spent so much time with them and then has prayed for them and has written to them. This is their second letter. Notice what he says, how beautiful these people are in light of all of the persecutions they've experienced. Beginning there in verse 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, 
It's only fitting because your faith is greatly enlarged and the love of each one of you toward one another grows ever greater. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure. Wow. In other words, all the persecutions and all the afflictions and all the trials, they did not, as we talked about, cower in the shower or hunker in their bunker. Man, they were a light to the city of Thessalonica, but they were also a light outside of that city to others. They are a model for you and I. You know what I really like? I like it when, uh, when Peter says, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you as some strange thing were happening to you. But to the, to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, rejoice. I love that one. That is so counter-human. That is so Christ. And uh, that's who we are. We bear his name. And so why, why study the scriptures? Why know about brothers and sisters who've gone on before us? Why is it so important? It's so important so that we follow their example as they followed the example of Christ. So this morning, point number one, we already talked about. Point number one, a church conceived in affliction and suffering. Those three passages of scriptures clearly use words like affliction, 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 trials, persecutions, suffering. All of those are used there. And it's talking about when they first got started. I don't know about you, but I, li I love living in the United States. What a cakewalk. You're saying, what are you talking about? Well, compared to other countries and other time periods in human history, wow, we have it. Sweet. It's so easy. You know, someone gets upset about something. <laughs> really? Other peoples, even in this day and age, are experiencing American Christian, we have it so good. I'm praising God for that. But I also know that I should not put my hope on this time period and this wonderful experience as, a, as an American. Because really, all kingdoms come and go, but there's one that remains forever, amen? Hot! It needs to be hot. And so, so if, if some people, their love grows cold. Jesus' love grew more intense. And these folks in Thessalonica, their love grew more intense. And it didn't grow cold, it grew hot. Scripture after scripture after scripture that proves that. We just read one. But now let's begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And this is point number 2. A church of zealous love during suffering. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, 3, and 4. Look at what Paul says in this first letter to them after having received good news from Timothy. Notice what he says. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing pillars of perseverance in challenging times is faith, hope, and love. It's right there. And they're excelling still more and more, which is a beautiful picture. And so it's for you, Christian. It's for you, individual Christian, to find out what real faith looks like. 
Now you can come on Sunday mornings and you're going to hear some stuff. And, and, and Wednesday nights, you're going to hear some stuff. But really, it's upon you daily to understand what faith is and to grow your faith and then live it. And what does it mean to excel in love? Study the scriptures, for that's where you can find real love. And then, of course, hope. Remember we talked about hope? God promises and delivers. God's made a lot of promises to you and to me. And he will deliver and has been delivering. We need to focus on that. So now let's take a look at that next passage of scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Now this is an important passage. Take a look at it, beginning there in verse 6. Paul says to these Christians, You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Why? so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. In other words, we don't even, we don't even need to tell people about you. They already know about you. Now, when you take a look at those places, they're outside of the city of Thessalonica. Macedonia is in the region where Thessalonica is found. But Achaia and all the surrounding environs, they're further out. And they don't have the internet. They don't have Facebook Live. They don't have, they got to go do it face to face. Like, that's bad. That's awesome. Notice how powerful their love was. And it wasn't because they were escaping Thessalonica. They were actually growing there and people were going out and sharing the faith. And their home church, their home base was the city of Thessalonica. They were really made strong because of the persecutions. They received the word in much tribulation. The word much means more than other churches. <laughs> and yet they're excelling in love and faith and hope. And rather interesting, it says, they received the word of God with great You live in a city where, man, everybody's got a bad attitude. And unfortunately, it seems like a lot of the bad attitude is towards you. And uh, yet they receive the word of God. They're excited because all of a sudden they have hope. You know what I've discovered? I discovered when you go into a country where people have not had hope, they can see the hope on your face. They can see them. coming to our dinner table in Belarus and asking us, you're not from around here in their Russian accent, speaking English brokenly. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Why are you here? And when we tell them we're here to, because we love the, the children, those who are so in desperate need, they, they're kind of shocked because that's what they don't do. What a beautiful thing to just be living the life of Christ and people notice that's how powerful it is. That's how powerful this church was because they were not being human and shutting down and protecting themselves. They were excelling still more in living the life and sharing the good news of hope in Christ. You see how powerful we can be? A little tiny church on a hill changing the world. 
I think we can do it because I know Jesus in us is able. Now look, how far can the word go? Well, let's say Eugene Springfield is Thessalonica. Let's say Oregon is Macedonia. Let's say the Northwest is Achaia and the environs. How many know people outside of Oregon in the Northwest? Raise your hand. Come on. Well, all of us do. How are we doing on expressing the great love and joy and life of Jesus Christ to those folks? They say, shut up, preacher. <laughs> but I'm just asking. I'm just asking. You see, because they should see a difference in us. They should experience a difference in our conversations. And then the opportunity to share will come when their life shakes out. Because their life will shake out at some point in time. It always does. The devil does not consistently bring, quote unquote, worldly blessings. It's just a tease is all it is. And you know that's the case. So brethren, we need to be like these people. Now let's get to the core. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. There are, as you can see in the note sheets that you have in front of you, there are actually check marks with sections of verses. I want to tackle each section of verse, or each section of verses separately. Same, same old context, but let's, let's pull them out as one section. Let's look at the first five verses. Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, this is Silas and, and Timothy and myself, Paul. Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought it best, uh, Silas and I, best to be left alone there at Athens. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ. Why did we send him to you? To strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. So that, why did we do that? So that no one any of you would be disturbed, literally shaken from your strength of faith and hope and love, would, would, uh, so that none of you would be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. Uh, for indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were, were going to suffer affliction, and so it came to pass, as you know. It's interesting. I think sometimes when people become Christians, and I don't know how other people teach people about becoming a Christian, but I always tell them uh, when we're going through the salvation studies, you know what? Life is miserable if you're not a Christian. And many people who are in that miserable phase of their life go, yeah. I said, I got to tell you something else. Is that just because you become a Christian, you know, life isn't all pixie dust and unicorns. So you got to tell you that. It never was, never will be. Anywhere, any shape, anyhow. Okay, no bowl of cherries. Yep, there's pits in those cherries when you become a Christian too. It's going to be tough because you be, you're becoming counterculture. You're not a culture people, you're a kingdom people. And so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough either way. But as Brian said, wouldn't it be tough and you win? And you get eternity in paradise, the new earth, versus you lose and it gets worse. I don't know about you, but I... I'm taking the first, okay? Door number one, that's where I'm going. You see, it's so important for us to recognize and understand that that's going to happen. So those people understood that from day one. They're looking around. Yeah, it looks like life was miserable before we were a Christian, and it is now too, but at least we're going to heaven, and I got hope 
and I got meaning and I got purpose and my relationships are growing and changing and becoming what God has called them to be. Wow, my marriage is being restored. Whereas before, I was just doing what my dad did, which never was very successful, but now I'm doing what the Lord is showing me and my marriage is being restored. Yoo-hoo! My kids are coming into alignment with you know the way I thought they should be, but weren't. I wasn't that way, but but they're why? Because I'm doing it according to God's word. And people are starting to respect me, whereas they avoided me like the plague, because I was a jerk. Well, all of a sudden their lives are transforming. Do they still have problems? Sure. Do they still need to pay the bills? Yeah. Do their, do their cars fall apart? Well, back then, did their camel fall down and die? Yeah. That's just, that's how it was. But the life, the joy, the good news, and they embraced it and they wanted to share it with other people. So it's important for us to recognize this first point. Look, it's still going to be tough, but you have hope, you have meaning, you have purpose, you have life, you have transformation, you have joy that you don't have otherwise. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.